Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Let's visit the tattered remains of the Academy. What do you got now, bro? One that I'm struggling to understand. Let's go to American University, Washington, D.C. Right here in uh, good old America. I believe that's the American University we're talking about. Okay. <clears throat> okay, everybody get a pen and paper. Okay, Reeves had to step out. He's working on something, but I've got a oh, pen Heights in there. Yeah. I'm good. All right. Yeah. Where's Carl? Uh, Carl or uh, <laughs> what's his name? Kevin. Kenny? Kenny. Kevin Olsen? Oh, Kenny. No, Kenny. Kenny. Kenny, you're right. Kenny. Students and staff at American University are calling for the creation of more spaces for students of color so that minority students can have an area on campus where they can go to be separated from the rest of the campus body in the name of diversity and inclusion. I mean, similar to a whites-only room? Yeah. Ha. Huh. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Mm. Students and staff at American University are calling for the creation of more spaces for students of color so that minority students can have an area on campus where they can go to be separated from the rest of the campus body in the name of diversity and inclusion, according to the university's student newspaper. American University students are criticizing the university's hub for organizing multiculturalism and equity, the acronym is HOME, for being marketed to students of all backgrounds rather than to students of color. HOME, and that again is the hub for organizing multiculturalism and equity, because that's all the academy's about now. It's not about learning. Right. About making students feel comfortable. Home doesn't provide people with a sense of security, with a sense of belonging, when everyone from all types of affinity groups can be there, said Othniel Malcolm Andrew Harris to the student newspaper. I... I are you about as confused as I am right now? Well, yeah, huh? but I, I didn't write anything down. John, did you write anything down? I didn't, okay, no. As it currently stands, any student can apply on the AU's website to request access to home as long as they agree to the mission and goal of continuing to foster a sense of community and belonging for our communities of color and allies. What does that mean? What? I don't know. The director of the university center, Michael Elmore, suggested that students are currently unable to walk around on campus 
while simultaneously enjoy living under the principles of basic respect, basic agreement on civility and human rights, which is why home is necessary. You know what it is? That's that's a BS. It's well, just, of course it is. It's but bold. this is why the academy has failed. This doesn't even mean anything. Home was created in response to a racial incident that occurred on campus in 2017, as well as in reaction to a survey conducted on campus in which 34% of black respondents reported that they did not feel welcomed on campus. It is not clear, however, why students and staff felt the proper response to a racial incident and unfavorable survey results is to promote apparent segregation throughout the campus community. AU student newspaper goes on to say that many students also called for the university to create a black house in response to racist incidents on campus. The idea behind a black house is to provide a living learning community for black students, which would be followed up with a survey gauging students' interest in potentially eliminating, implementing a similar layout within the university's inventory of housing. The Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for Student Government, Rafael Sestero, noted that providing a space for one minority group could lead to every single other minority group demanding their own segregated space. Remember, this is in the interest of inclusion right. and diversity. Right, so they feel they feel comfortable. They don't we feel— We want you to belong and feel comfortable. So you know what we're going to do? The, you get room 3B in Acme Hall. We're going to You, you pad sit it over up there, for you. and that's it. Nobody else can come in there. And that way you'll feel included. Right, and, yeah. And— uh, <laughs> Elmore stated, however, that the university has a center for diversity and inclusion, which consolidates a plethora of identity-based offices into one corner, adding that the idea behind this center is to organize diversity under one single umbrella. You could surmise that diversity on campus already exists under one single umbrella, the university. <laughs> right? And yeah. that installing race-based segregated spaces in housing for the sake of diversity may be counterproductive, especially in an environment where students should be focusing on preparing themselves for careers, not ostracism. To repeat, the Academy is so fouled up now. How fouled up is it? That in order for a minority student to feel comfortable and included, we are going to create a space where you can only be with your own kind uh, of people of the same skin color, apparently. That way, we're telling Outrageous. you that you're included and inclusive. Don't they see the irony? No. Because that's, that's really why the Academy has failed. They have fallen into the business of, of ferreting out what they believe to be inequity. And so they'll invent it if they have to, because that's their business now. You, know, you can still go to a school and probably get a degree in chemistry and maybe get a job with DuPont, right? Okay. I mean, yeah. that, that, must yeah, that must still exist. That must still exist. But I got to think that's coming to an end at some point if this keeps going this way. If the academy keeps failing at the rate it's failing, and it's failing because more and more of its money, more and more of its employment, more and more of its mission is dedicated to, the, to ferreting out inequity. Even if they have to invent 
the inequity. In order for you to feel included here, we'll create a room where no one else can be. How in the hell does that make you feel included? Uh, um, and wouldn't somebody in their family maybe tap them on the shoulder and say, you know what, uh, we're, we, we, we really needed, this country needed to get away from this many decades ago, and we did. Why are we revisiting it and putting this? Black-only drinking fountains right. is what it sounds like. I think we're uh, we're 100% against that. Everybody's equal. <laughs> These people are nuts. Why don't you run into the black room and uh, you wait it out, feel comfy, and then uh, I'm going to send uh, uh, Mr. Zong over to the Asian room and we'll see how he does in a half an hour. Uh, Bob Wolf writes, just came across this as occasionally I think of some job titles and wonder what in the world that person actually does. We're, this is, we're remaining at the academy here. Mm. Coming from Fergus Falls, my hometown had the Regional Treatment Center, formerly known as the State Hops, Hospital, which earlier translated to the Insane Asylum, also regionally known as the Fergus Falls Funny Farm, Nut Hut, and Ha Ha Hilton. <laughs> this one totally makes me scratch my head. Would you spend your day speculating on educational results? Just an observation. And the emailer, uh, Bob, linked me to a piece from the University of Minnesota Morris where we have just hired Morris Hire's first Senior Administrative Director of Institutional Effectiveness. Let's play the game, What the Hell Do You Do? Uh, the University of Minnesota Morris announces the appointment of its first Senior Administrative Director of Institutional Effectiveness, Melissa R. Burt. The position is funded with new dollars from the University of Minnesota system. Well, no, it's funded by the taxpayers. Through a request made in the campus's annual budget compact process and responds to the growing demand of evaluating institutional effectiveness in American higher education. Well, I, I, I could save them a lot of money. You're not effective. Boom. Your, your academy is destroyed Boom, because you keep doing things like this. According to the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commission on Colleges Resource Manual, institutional effectiveness is the systematic, explicit, and documented process of measuring performance against mission in all aspects of an institution. You know what this is? What? Just like there, there's too many classes now you can't flunk. Right. They're creating positions in which you can't fail because they're meaningless. They're too highly subjective. The recent trend of attention paid to the effectiveness results from declining public funding, changing demographics, and a tough, tough job market, as reported in a 20, 2013 article by The Atlantic, uh, to address these concerns and to better assess its own performance, Morris has created this new position in time for the upcoming academic year. Morris's senior director of institutional effectiveness, that would be Melissa Burt, will work closely with senior level administrators and others to provide information and analysis that supports administrative decision making, strategic planning, assessment, and program review, accreditation, and data relevant to federal and other grant applications. Working collaboratively with campus staff and faculty in data gathering and reporting, she will also assist campus constituents in using and interpreting institutional data while building campus capacity to assess and use data related to institutional effectiveness. Ah, that clears it up. 
Bert's education and professional background, as well as the collaborative spirit she exhibited when visiting the Morris campus, makes her an especially good fit for this position, says Chancellor Jacqueline R. Johnson. In addition, her previous research, her experience in conducting complex research projects, and her interest in matters related to access and equity, because that's what they do now. Mm-hmm. They're not, you're not there to learn anything will serve as well as we ask and answer the question that will lead us to an even more effective institution than we currently are. She, uh, Bert comes to Morris by way of San Francisco. Aha, mm. uh-huh. that explains a lot. She most recently served, where does it say that? She most recently served the Early College Planning Initiative, a program conducted by researchers at Harvard's Graduate School of Education and Stanford University School of Education in partnership with USPIRE and Massachusetts Educational Financing Authority as Director of Data and Evaluation. Bert holds a Doctor of Education and a Master of Education from Harvard Graduate School of Education as well as a Bachelor of Art in Psychology from the University of California, Davis. I have no idea what they're talking about. I think I think to to put it in garage logic terms, they hired someone who will be in charge of saying, "How's it going?" At what cost? Why do they feel they need that? Now they're just another layer. It's just truly amazing, isn't it? Isn't it truly amazing? It's un- it's amazing that it goes unchecked. You'd think there would be balances at an institution like that that would say, we need to really cut back, we're, we need to save money, we need to, um, uh, we need the, just the bare bones. You know where you can calm down? Where? Walk into an RF Moeller jeweler store, and I'll tell you why. Right. Low hassle factor. Calm, competent, professional people. Wonderful and beautiful products. Christmas is is right around the corner. Uh, time's running out. That's why you need to get to an RF Moeller store. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, 50th in France in Edina, Gavaday Common in uh, downtown Minneapolis. And uh, coming up this weekend, a great, a great display of colored gemstone jewelry, sapphires, rubies, emeralds, even some gemstones you likely haven't heard of. And it's all 15 to 25% off during these days. And they gift wrap it for you. You you can't go wrong. It's completely the opposite of a university. It's perfect. It's all competency and understanding and value. Uh, Not to mention, go online, rfmolar.com. This is a great deal. 15 to 25% off these uh, magnificent... Colored Gemstones is coming weekend at all three of the RF Moeller jeweler stores. Say, uh, before we get to Johnny, and I assume that's coming up next. Yes, it, uh, yes it is. Uh, there's a gal down in New Orleans uh, who took a hammer to her boyfriend's uh, BMW. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say something else. She smashed the windows, slashed the tires. Whoa. Uh, she was mad. And and she... Uh, were there some infidelity issues? Yeah, or? yeah. Oh, and okay. she took this guy's car apart. His name is Will Murray. He's very confused uh, because nothing was wrong with his car. She 
she destroyed the wrong car, <laughs> which is right out of the Big Lebowski. Yes, it is. When John Goodman destroys the guy's Corvette, <laughs> and uh, <coughs> turns out it wasn't. Uh, yeah, that's wasn't uh, that's a problem. <laughs> is Johnny coming up? I think sure. so. I hope so. All right. Ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Souchere. So the latest from Mr. Dylan Height. This is Dylan? Yeah, it's all Dylan. He's playing everything there. I just walked home yesterday and said, you got anything we can use for bumps? And he said, I got a few I'll send to Chris. So send them to Reavers. What instruments were involved there? Bass, uh, drums, uh, kazoo, rhythm guitar, lead Play it guitar. Again. Is something he wrote? Yeah. He does this continuously. How do you feel about the fact that he's now way better than you? <laughs> <laughs> I taught him everything he knows. That's why there's beer, right? <laughs> oh, that's nice. Here's his father, John Hyde. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Uh, court proceedings for three Illinois men suspected of bombing the Dar al-Farouk Islamic Center in Bloomington in August of 2017 have been moved to Minnesota. Michael Hari, Michael McWhorter, and Joe Morris, all of Clarence, Illinois, were indicted by a federal grand jury in Illinois in April in connection to several incidents, including an attempted bombing of an Illinois clinic in November 2017. According to court documents, Hari, McWhorter, and Morris were scheduled to make court appearances this week. The Dar al-Farouk Islamic Center in Bloomington it caused fire, the explosion did, and water damage, but no injuries. At least six Gopher football players have been disciplined and have not been allowed to practice recently in preparation for the Quick Lane Bowl for violating team rules. And according to the Star Tribune... Do we know what they did? We apparently do, but they're not publicizing it. But uh, No, I understand that you knows what they did, but do, we, the public, are not going to be informed. Well... We can draw our own conclusions. I think, yeah, I think it may have to do with illicit substances. Let's put it that way. Well, you got an incoming governor who wants to legalize dope, so what's the problem? Smoke them up, Johnny. The players face suspension, could miss the December 26th bowl game against Georgia Tech in Detroit. Coach P.J. Fleck and athletic director Mark Coyle did not return messages seeking comment. The alleged team rule violations reported from the sources do not involve assault or violence. Sources cited reasons for the disciplinary action and the names of some players, uh, but since those details have not yet been con- uh, confirmed, the Star Tribune didn't publish the info. Number of players disciplined said to be between 6 and 8. The Gophers finished their regular year at 6-6, six and six, qualified for the Quick Lane Bowl by reaching six wins in Fleck's second year as a coach with a 37-15 win over Wisconsin. November 24th. Did I read correctly that that bowl game appearance will cost the university money? Yes, because I can't imagine they're going to make anything in ticket sales on that. Wow. Why go to it then? Well, it's recruiting. You get to, you know, you get to do all that. Uh, So PJ Fleck's big calling card is, you know, he wants kids and student athletes to grow academically, athletically, socially, and spiritually. And now we can add chemically to that as well. 
Why did we didn't think that it was gone? So we just went upstairs and grabbed a bong. You know what they should do? The last time they got in trouble was when they went to the holiday bowl. Yeah. Stop going to bowl games. Yeah, there you go. Was that uh that was big twenty sixteen? Uh, that was big trace. Yeah, he Tracy had to suspend about ten guys, didn't uh-huh. he? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that was sexual matters, though. That was a movie, yeah. A movie? Oh, yeah. Homemade? Yeah. Yeah. That was bad and very bad. Michael Cohen, who was President Trump's personal lawyer and fixer, once avowed he would take a bullet for the boss, was sentenced Wednesday morning to three years in prison for an array of crimes that included arranging the payment of hush money to two women that he says was done at the direction of Trump. The sentence was in line with what federal prosecutors asked for. Sentencing guidelines called for around four to five years behind bars. Prosecutors asked in court papers that Cohen be given only a slight break. He'll surrender on March 6th. Cohen, standing alone at the defense table, shook his head slightly and closed his eyes briefly as the sentence was announced by the judge. U.S. District Judge William Pauley III said Cohen deserved modest credit for his decision over the summer to admit guilt and cooperate in the federal investigation of efforts by Russians to influence the presidential election, but he said his help does not wipe the slate clean. The judge added somewhere along the way Mr. Cohen appears to have lost his moral compass as a lawyer. Mr. Cohen should have known better. Cohen, for his part today, told the judge just before he was sentenced that loyalty to the president led him astray. He said, quote, it was my blind loyalty to this man that led me to take a path of darkness instead of light. I felt it was my duty to cover up his dirty deeds. Cohen's lawyers had argued for leniency, saying he decided to cooperate with the investigators rather than hold out for a possible pardon. Cohen, 52, pleaded guilty in August to evading $1.4 million in taxes related to personal businesses. In the part of the case with greater political repercussions, he also admitted breaking campaign finance laws and arranging payments in the waning days of the 2016 election to porn star Stormy Daniels and Playboy model Karen McDougal, both of whom said they had sexual encounters with Donald Trump. Is three years a lot? Is that is that what we expect? So what we've determined is... That campaign money was used to pay off the broads. Correct. Yes. Yeah. All right. When uh, will he be pardoned? I, I, do you think I that doubt. I doubt. It. It's no longer they're no longer buddies. When right? John said "dirty deeds," did everybody else say "done, done dirt, dirt cheap, cheap" on their head? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, National Enquirer publisher American Media agreed Wednesday morning to accept responsibility for its role in a one hundred fifty thousand dollar payment to silence the former Playboy playmate in question about her affair with President Trump. Under a non-prosecution agreement, the company admitted its purpose was to suppress the woman's story and prevent it from influencing the 2016 election. According to the cooperation agreement with AMI, Trump's longtime lawyer Michael Cohen and another campaign official met with AMI chairman David Pecker about the scheme around August 2015. I'm sorry. sorry. He has an unfortunate name. Yeah, he's the the head of the group that owns the Inquirer, David David Pecker. Very ironic that, that somebody with that name... Boy, own I, that newspaper. I bet his secretary really has some uh, reservations about calling him uh, well, you know, in the office. We, we, or when we, she we answers can, the phone. Yeah. Right, right. Pecker's office. <laughs> right, right. The announcement came. Mr. Off. Pecker is not in. Uh, could I take a message? <laughs> He'll you be know, right so back. sophomoric of you. It really, it really is. was. It really is. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, I was just going along and eating my chocolate, reading, listening to his news. But it's and- so ironic that it's the National Enquirer mm-hmm. that would have a. Uh, Proprietor with his name. Yes, is Mr. Pecker in or out today? Yes. Oh, my God. The announcement came shortly after. He couldn't help himself. He really, he really couldn't. No. Really couldn't. He had to pull an Ingie. Yeah. One, I mean, I'll get out what, but before it's too late. 
Well, well, that doesn't yeah. work either. A lot of follow-up lines well, there, too. Right? Hang on. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's that was very innocent. Yeah. The announcement came shortly after uh, Cohen was sentenced to three years in prison Wednesday morning. Prosecutors said they previously reached a non-prosecution agreement with the magazine and its parent company about its role in making the payment before the election. If you're part of the Pecker family and your son, you know, meets the the love of his life, does she take the last name or does she stick with her own? I'm thinking she's staying with her own. Okay. Or does she go hyphenated? No, especially depending especially, on her name. Especially, yeah, depending on her It'd be name. Be in one of those yeah. little town newspapers down, uh, down the corner. You know, I mean, if she, her name was Johnson, she wouldn't right. be Johnson right. Pecker. Right. You know. right. Tackling a tricky crossword or a challenging Sudoku puzzle mm-hmm. will not fend off age-related mental decline, according to new research. Nope, you got to memorize the counties. Scientists in recent years argued that brain training exercise, like completing puzzles or learning another language, can reduce the risk of developing dementia. That may not be the case, though, after all, according to a team of Scottish researchers whose research was published in the BMJ. The study's authors argue that such pursuits will not necessarily act as a preventive, but they still could provide a higher cognitive point from which to decline. The study considered 498 participants, all born in 1936, who took a group of intelligence tests when they were 11 years old. So the study's been ongoing. Well, that's a long study, isn't it, John? 60 years. Yeah. The records were kept by the Scottish Council for Research and Education. Then at about 64 years old, they were tested for the current study, followed up with several more times for memory and mental processing over the next 15 years. The researchers stress that their work is an observational study, so it's impossible for a casual effect to be inferred. James Pickett, head of research at the UK's Alzheimer's Society, said that other factors should also be taken into consideration. Uh, he says of all the diseases in the UK, dementia is now the biggest killer. He says playing brain games may not prevent dementia, but it can help. He says we also know what's good for the heart is good for the head. There are other areas they can reduce dementia. And by, the gander. By taking steps toward a healthy lifestyle, eating a balanced diet, avoiding smoking and heavy drinking and exercising regularly. Last Thursday, a mom in Scotland was embarrassed when she realized she had sent her Five-year-old son to a nativity scene with a sex doll. 46-year-old Helen Cox <laughs> says she purchased the blow-up sheep on Amazon back in November without realizing that it, uh, what it actually was until Sunday. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh, no. You mean she bought it thinking it was just a sheep? That's correct, yes. Oh, I see. And she didn't, she didn't buy it for uh, sexual purposes. No. I see. Uh, she didn't realize until son Alfie was sent home from school after he brought it. Uh, to, uh, you know, play a, a sheep Still in, inflated? in a nativity scene. <laughs> she said, I just can't believe it. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. How am I going to explain this, the mom of two said. You don't. She says she was confused when Alfie got in trouble for having it at the school. When he got oh. home, she realized the doll, which had been listed online as Labrie's Kids Boys Brown Shepherd Costume Inflatable Sheep Nativity Fancy Dress Outfit. Alfie, why does your had, sheep uh, have lipstick on it? It did, actually. It had no. pa- painted on eyelashes, <laughs> red lipsticks, uh, red lipstick, excuse me. John? And, yeah. What was Pecker's first name? David. Where was he from? No, it, I know that, where you're going. No, call him. Uh I'd like his uh, commentary on some of this stuff. Well, you, can you call Where part right. of the world was he from? It's it's the uh, National Enquirer, New York yeah, City. AMI is the AMI uh, American the Media group. Institute. Oh, or so he's American okay. Media something. Yes. Okay. You know, he's see probably, if you can see if you can call him. All right, I'm he's, on. All right. He's probably very busy today after they you know well, agreed to pay that. That's, interesting that's, to talk this. This is GL. Come yeah. on, yeah. that's a good point. What was yeah, his first yeah. name? David. David. You yeah. get on it, Reeves. You I'm keep going, John. Tell us when you've. 
succeeded. Got it. Him. The uh, uh, sheep uh, painted eyelashes and also had, uh, how can I put this? Openings. Okay. Oh, that's the, terrible. That's just yeah. terrible. Uh, since learning of the I incident, saw a picture of the kid next to it, though. He appeared pretty happy. He did. Yeah. He looked like a shepherd. We're yeah. working a little blue this segment. <laughs> Not really. I mean, the kid brought it to school. Uh, since learning of the incident, Amazon has removed the item from its website, saying the seller did not meet the retailer's guidelines. Did you? Oh, six, my yeah. God! Did you get him, Reeves? I'm working on already. It. Holy moly! I figured he'd be really busy. Well, he's going to talk to the media today. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, what line? Hold on. Yeah. Is he ready, Mister Pecker? Well, John, you keep going until oh, okay. until we uh, have made contact with him on the phone. Okay, a 102-year-old great-grandmother is believed to have become the world's oldest skydiver after plunging 14,000 feet through the South Australian sky. Wow. Uh, Irene O'Shea said she felt normal after the 140-mile-an-hour dive that sent her cheeks flapping wildly. She completed her first skydive to mark her 100th birthday back in 2016, but organizers claimed it was Sunday's successful tandem dive at the age of 102 years and 194 days that earned her a place in the history John, books. I think we've reached him. Oh, okay, good. David Pecker? Uh, yes, hello. Uh, you've had a rough day today. Uh, apparently, you've learned you have to pay some fines or fees. Yes, to whom to am I uh, speaking to? Joe Souchere, uh, we have the Garage Logic podcast in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, yes, my my secretary uh, asked me to uh, uh, discuss the uh, uh, today's um, uh, arrangement. I thought you were Scottish. I thought you were going to be Scottish. No, I was uh, born in the Bronx. <laughs> I was born in the Bronx. I am not. Uh, you told me before, not that I've met you before, but you you seemed to intimate that you were you were Scottish. Well, oddly enough, I I verified this. So I was a little. I wouldn't be um, uh, corrected by uh, off-site correspondence. Well, you're familiar with how we work here. Yes, I have heard of this podcast. Yeah. And uh, I, I, however, I cannot listen right now. But uh, someone uh, inquired uh, uh, via a text message that you were uh, inquiring about my uh, my uh, nickname. Well, I was just wondering, uh, given your uh, presumed wealth uh, to some degree. Why maybe you might have changed? You might maybe you considered changing your name over the years. Are you crazy? I'm telling everybody. Oakland <laughs> Swear, Mon Swear. This has been, this. Uh, it's worked out for you. It has worked out for me. Uh, just uh, even the, just the uh, the females that are just curious mm-hmm. and say, you know, I, I just wonder, and I say, well, I can deliver. I did. I didn't mean to to go down that road. No, I, this is it's fine. I I I I'm, I tell them what uh, what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. They ask about. Uh, well, I won't say what they ask about, but no. uh, but I'm I'm quite upfront. Are you uh, are you with, a little uh, a little concerned about uh, Cohen going to prison for three years? Uh, this he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, and actually, we we will be fine. How close a friend are you to Donald Trump? Um, Okay, mm-hmm. we're not the best of friends. Well, apparently you were willing to do him a considerable favor. Yes, we are not the best of friends, but we understand uh, business. Mm-hmm. You like a, a, a business partner? A little something for you, a little something for yes, them. Yes, this is how this is uh, this is exactly exactly what happens when when somebody calls and inquires about me. You right. can almost say, "I scratch your back, you scratch mine." Something like yes, that. Yes, uh, or different parts. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Mr. Pecker. That's was, all? Yeah. That's I, all. I, that I have my secretary yell, Mr. Pecker, Mr. Pecker, the telephone is here. Uh, it's Mrs. Suchere. Uh He wants to speak with you, Mr. Pecker. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. That's thank, it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, geez, what a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Pecker. Wow. Jeez. Huh? I don't uh, think he was Scottish. I thought he was he's, Scottish. He was born in the Bronx. I was doing some research while you were oh, Okay, so that was really yeah. that was really him yeah. then. Okay. Know, 1951. But when I asked Rook what, what voice he might use, he said, Well, I think he's Scottish. His <laughs> father was a bricklayer. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, his yeah. name was Harry. He began his uh, career as an accountant oh. at Price you know, Waterhouse. Just... I'm not even going to listen to you. Can we just say what yeah, I think he's We're done. We're done. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. It goes just how. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah, let's just, uh, let's bring it home, Daddy, huh? Couldn't help it, could he? <laughs> Mr. Dumbhead is what you are. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will have... Um, Results of the summit when? Uh, Sunday night. We'll okay. announce them on Monday's podcast. Okay. Because the mayor's going to be out for a couple I gotta of days. I got to go get this. I got to be able to see again. Right. And registration? All the way through Sunday night. All the way through Sunday night. So go to go the Garage Logic Facebook page or go see us on Twitter or just email the show and we'll get you set up. And, and briefly again, tell us the event. Uh, Friday, next Friday, December 21st, we're going to be at Summit from noon to two for a VIP listener experience. A bunch of samples and uh, you can check out the show live. We're getting a ton of great great response and much of the much of the proceeds are charitable uh, intentions for the families of various brewers around the country most particularly in chico and uh, paradise california who have lost everything due to the camp fire see you next time <laughs>